Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Padre Rick Bradbury speaks on no one being hopeless. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, guys. Um, It's the last Sunday of the year. The last Sunday of the year. That means next Sunday is the first Sunday of the new year. So we got a special treat this morning and uh, thought no better way to end the year than to hear from a father. And so Padre's going to come this morning to share with us the last sermon of the year. Yay. Uh, Maybe I'm coming out of retirement. Who knows? I'm crazy, but it's a good kind of crazy. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to do something. Uh, I had two services at Cornerstone, but I never preached both of them. I just preached the second one. I let somebody else preach the first one because I didn't want to be under the pressure of that. <laughs> so I let a guy want to preach, and then he started his own church and took all the first service with him. You know, but it was cool. I mean, I blessed it. Uh, but I just didn't want to be, and I feel pressure this morning. So I already told Spencer, you know, five minutes before I'm supposed to be done to give me a five. And so I've already instructed that, but I do have a word for Knoxville today, a divine word. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint two pictures this morning and painting takes a little longer than preaching. So I'm going to paint two pictures for you and then I'm going to preach to Knoxville. Okay. And so uh, if we do get to 1030 and uh, just go ahead and open the doors and we'll have a joint service and you guys stay and we'll have them come in and we'll have another joint service. You know? OK. And, and so uh, just for a little bit, because this first sermon, I'm going to rush through the second one. I'm going to get mic'd. and then we're really going to preach. OK, so I'm going to give you like a appetizer, uh, because I do want to be faithful to the time. So Spencer, five minutes before, do your thing, and I will close. If I don't stop when I'm supposed to, just shut the mic off, and I'll get the hint. How do you know that? Because I've done it to several people that, that were in my congregation. I mean, I almost unplugged the whole sound system once. Uh, well, I have shut the whole thing down, but... Uh, But anyway, it's good. kind. So I'm going to ask you to do something. Otherwise, it wouldn't be me. And uh, so I'm just going to ask you, I feel it's in the heart of God. So if you'll do it, I know some people can't, maybe. But I want everybody on this side to go sit on this side and everybody on this side to go sit on that side. And everybody in the back, would you come and leave that section back there? Jensen already led the way. So I told Jensen, so everybody in the back, would you come to the front session? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is just to prepare your heart. Yeah, they'll move some chairs, Howard. We got this. Thank you. Thank you, Britton. I love your heart. Talk to me after service because I got to tell you something about last Sunday. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just move up. Make room for the people coming up. This is awesome. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Howard, you got it. Uh, no, this, the reason this is so awesome... Yeah, I love it. It puts some people to work. The reason this is so awesome, Pastor, and if you, if you know the Holy Spirit real well, Jahan said we have to make room for hope this morning. That's what she said. And then Pastor comes up and says, I curse hopelessness. And then Emily, in her sweet way, said, we just invite hope in a whole new level. The top of my notes, I went to school today, was going to go out of the phone, but the top of my notes says this, I want us to leave this year, this service, drenched in hope. It's already written down. God, I want the people in this room to leave this year drenched in hope. That's my prayer for this service today in preparation. So the thing is, I just did you a favor by having you move because you can tell everybody the last day of the year, I wasn't in the same place I was all year. <laughs> the last day of the year, I was in a place, I brand new place I'd never been. A new place that I started the year off. Josh, you're in a total different place than you spent the whole year in. Pastor, you're in a total different place than you spent the whole year in. Howard, you're in a total different place than you spent the whole year in. So it's just so stinking cool. Okay? So let's go to the word because I'm going to paint two pictures. I'm going to rush through this. If you want more, stay for second service. Psalm 23. God, we want to leave this year drenched in hope. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, as pastor just said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to paint a picture of this Psalm 23 guy. There's this Psalm 23 guy and it's a very familiar passage, but I want to paint a picture for you today of who he is. This is the guy that makes you and leads you and restores you and guides you and goes with you and prepares tables for you and anoints you and fills you and provides for you. This is the guy that I met at 17. And you know what he did since 17 when I first met him, Josh? You know what happened to me? He made me. He led me. He restored me. He guided me. He went with me. He prepared tables before me. He anointed me and he filled me and he provided for me. So I stand here today because of you, Jesus. I'm happy. 
Because of you, Jesus, I'm healed. Because of you, Jesus, I'm headed in the right direction. Because of you, Jesus, I'm helping others. Because of you, Jesus, I'm having the time of my life. Because of you, Jesus, like Pastor's been telling you, I'm holy. So I want you to think about this guy in Psalm 23 that made me and led me and went with me and guided me and comforted me. I stand here today happy and healed and headed in the right direction and spending my life helping others and having the time of my life. I'm holy because of you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Happy New Year. Because of who? Because of you, Jesus. Not just hallelujah because of you, Jesus. Not just praise the Lord. Happy New Year because of you, Jesus. That's a picture of the Psalm 23 guy. He's my shepherd. He's my Lord. I want you to know something today, Jeremy. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I know Jesus. I know Jesus. At 17, I met him and I know him. I have a personal relationship with this Psalm 23 guy. Because of you, Jesus, no one is hopeless. It's the only difference between me and all the prisoners I've ministered to over the years in prison. It's the only difference between me and all the people that I've watched go through all this and all that. The only difference between a bunch of people that I've tried to help and minister to and the hundreds we've taken into our home. The only difference between me and all of them is I met Jesus. I met Jesus. I was a young man that met Jesus. You take any Bible story. The man at the pool, 38 years, he couldn't walk. One day he met Jesus, and now he's walking. Only difference, nothing changed. He just met Jesus. The woman at the well had tried several, five relationships, marriages, and was living with somebody, and she met Jesus. She just simply met the Psalm 23 guy that makes you and leads you and guides you and comforts you and anoints you and fills you. He gave her a drink that day. You take any story. Blind, met Jesus. Lame, met Jesus. Hurting, met Jesus. Funeral, met Jesus. Going to bury your son. Not anymore. Going to have to get rid of everything and lose everything you have. Met Jesus. Now all my needs are met. (laughs) The only difference is I met Jesus. Every, read the stories yourself. Read about the men and women. And the turning point was when they met Jesus. You know, we could do it like this. This is my story. And this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Every day I praise him. Every day I praise him. Why? He's my Savior. Uh, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my shepherd all the day long. It's my story. And that's why, you know, and I know I'm retired and I don't do this much anymore, but I thank you for the privilege because Psalm 23 is a beautiful picture of Jesus. And when you meet him and you make him Lord and Savior and shepherd of your life, you won't end up any year the same way you started it because he will make you and he will lead you, and he'll restore you, and he will guide you, and he'll go with you, and he'll prepare tables 
before you and he will fill you and anoint you and provide for you. And he says, I'm even going to go prepare a place for you. Not in just this life I'm going to provide for you. I'm preparing a place for you right now. Go to Mark chapter 5. Let me paint you a quick another picture and we'll get you out of here. Beginning at verse 1, Mark 5. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles were broken into pieces. Neither could anyone tame him, and always day and night he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. And then he said, Ask him his name. And he answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out into the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave the permission and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And there were about 2000 and the herd ran violently down the steep place and drowned in the sea so that those who fed the swine, they told it in the city and in the country. And when they went out to see what had happened, they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had legions sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And all those who saw it told how it happened to him who had been demon possessed about the swine. And when they began to plead with him to depart from the region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And they were all amazed. I want to paint you a picture. That's a picture of the Mark 5 guy. I just painted you the Psalm 23 guy, but the Mark 5 guy that's a pretty good description of his condition. You know what the Bible says? He's homeless. He's helpless. That's what the Bible said. You can read it again later. He's hurting. He's hungry. He's hateful. And he's hollering all the time. Now that's his condition. I mean, we got this homeless guy, helpless guy, hurting guy, hungry guy, hateful guy, and hollering all the time. Now, can I tell you something? This is the condition of his life. And it sounds like nothing could help him. It sounds like no one could help him. Nothing or no one could change him. And this wasn't just a bad day he was having. This wasn't just a bad, it's been a bad week. It, this wasn't just a bad couple months. 
This wasn't even a bad year, Jensen. This was the condition of his life year after year after year after year. You go to the stories in the Bible and you'll find out when they came down off, when Jesus came down off the mountain in, in Mark 9 and he asked the father, he said, how long has this been going on? You know what he said about his son? Off times, which means more times than I can count. This just didn't happen last week. I, I can't even tell you how many times he's been in the fire. He's been in the water. He's bit me and he's bit them and he's laid there dead. Off times, more times than I can remember. More times. This is not just something that just happened to him. This is year after year after year after year after year. He wasn't just having a bad day, this guy. He lived in the tombs. Read the story for yourself. He's homeless and helpless and hurting and hungry and hateful. He's hollering all the time. And, but then he meets the Psalm 23 guy. That's all that happened. He just simply met Jesus, the Bible says. Nothing else changed. It's just this guy meets this guy. The governmental system didn't change. The educational system didn't change. The healthcare system didn't change. The religious system didn't change. Society didn't change. The economy didn't change. His family didn't change. His finances didn't change. All that happened Jen was this guy meets this guy and everything changes. That's all that happened, Ben. This guy meets this guy. Nothing else changed, but everything changed. When the Mark five guy met the Psalm 23 guy. All I know is I was lost, but now... (laughs) All I know, Eric, I was blind, but now. All I know is I was lame, but now. But now. That's all I know. After I met this guy, I can see. After I met this guy, I have joy. After I met this guy, I have peace. This was the condition of my life until I met the Psalm 23 guy. Knoxville. I need to preach to them. I've just given Knoxville because of these two stories. No one is hopeless. Hear me, Knoxville. No one is hopeless. I want to preach to you in here, but I've got to preach to Knoxville from this house. You might be homeless, but you're not hopeless. Can I tell some kids this morning that woke up with nothing because of their parents not providing? You might be hungry, kids. They've come to mind. But you're not hopeless. And I tell some lady that's been abused by that guy, you might be hurting, but you're not hopeless. I want you to hear me this morning. Whoever you are in this city, in this region, Maybe I could preach this in here. You might be hard-headed, but you're not hopeless. Can I say it to you, sir, out there? You might be hard-headed, but you're not hopeless. Ma'am, you might be hard-headed, but you're not hopeless. 
It doesn't matter if you're homeless, you're not hopeless, hungry, you're not hopeless, hurting, you're not hopeless, hard-headed, you're not hopeless. I can probably preach this in here. You might be hard of hearing, but you're not hopeless. And I tell you, young man, whoever you, you might be hard to deal with, but you're not hopeless. Can I tell you, young lady, whoever you are out there, you might be hard to handle, but you're not hopeless. See, I think everybody thought he was hopeless, but one guy. I mean, he'd come, everybody else, hopeless. Already labeled him, except one guy, Psalm 23 guy. It was good to meet you. Out. Out. Bye-bye. Won't see you later. Bottom of the sea with all those chariot wheels and all those soldiers back in the Red Sea. Same place. Bye-bye. Spirit of heaviness. Bye-bye. Spirit of hopelessness. I don't care if she's a handful or if he's hard to deal with. Can I tell you, sir, you might be hardcore to the bone, but you're not hopeless. I don't care how hard you are. I want to introduce you to somebody that will change your hardened heart and soften you up. I promise. You might be helpless, but you're not hopeless. And I tell some family out there, you might be having a hard time, but you're not hopeless. Knoxville, I need you to hear me. Anderson County, I need you to hear me. Young lady, you might be hurting yourself, but you're not hopeless. Young man, you might be harming others, but you're not hopeless. Let me tell you, young man and young lady, however you got to hurting yourself and however you got to harming yourself and being that bully, let me give you some good news. It doesn't matter how you got there or what happened. How and what happened doesn't matter how he got here. What happened, Christian, it's just you need to meet this guy that changes everything. Yes. 17 years old changes, changed everything. You might be heartless. There's some ladies. Listen, yeah, you, you ripped my heart out. Yeah, you, you stabbed me in the back. You might be heartless. I got some good news. You're not hopeless. You're not hopeless. And we need to keep, quit looking at the condition the world's in around us and labeling them like there's no Psalm 23 guy. You might be hiding, but you're not hopeless. You might be having health issues. I can say that in here and around, but you're not hopeless. Some people are hiding. They, haven't, they just live in their own little world. They surround people that will just kind of keep them there. And they're hiding, but I don't care who they are. I don't care where they are. And I don't care what happened. They're not hopeless. You might be having health issues, but you're not hopeless. Why? Because he, when he walks into the room, everything changes. Hopeless situations seem to disappear. But I don't sing it like that. Because of what you've been preaching, Pastor, and what I know, and I love what's coming out of the heart of our shepherd, I just sing it like this. Every hospital room, I go, when we walk into the room, 
Because it's a commission. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Psalm 23 guy said, I'll go with you. And I'll anoint you and I'll fill you with hope or joy or peace or whatever they need. I'll give you a song for the hour. And so I don't ever sing it when you walk into the room. I sing it like this. When we walk into the room, everything changes. Stadium? Yeah. I stand in the stadium. When we walk into the room, everything changes. Hospital room. When we walk into the room. Prison. I've, I've sung it over and over. When we walk into Why? Hopeless situations seem to disappear. You anoint me. You feel me. You lead me. You guide me. I love this guy. You might be horrible, but you're not hopeless. Can I tell you something? They might be horrible, but they're not hopeless. Maybe I can preach this in here. You might be hot-headed, but you're not hopeless. Can I tell you something about it? You might be heavier than you've ever been. But you're not hopeless. End of the year. Ta-da. Last December this time, before this pastor, this shepherd. You know, Paul, it's the heart of a shepherd that wants to make you. If you'll let him make you. It's the heart of the shepherd that wants to lead you. It's the heart of the shepherd that wants to guide you, comfort you, Brenton. Heart of the shepherd, same heart. This guy has this guy's heart. And he's here for your well-being. And so he challenged us last January to make one commitment. And mine was to basically the next day I walked to the end of the driveway what I did in that same meeting is I prayed for you, Josh, in that same meeting. And I walked to the end of the driveway and back. Little did I know. But in July, I walked more miles in July than I had in any year previously. And I stand here today, 50-year anniversary, weighing less today than I did when I got married 50 years ago. And I had told Pastor back then, I've just given up hope. Because you know what my hope was? On my 50th anniversary, I wanted to weigh less than I did when I got married. And weigh less than I did 51 years ago when I graduated high school. Because our family's been big all their life. And I'd lost hope and gave it up until this pastor's heart challenged me to make a statement. And I made it and I kept it. And every morning I walked before I got on my phone. That had never happened until this year in January. And 105 pounds lighter than I was when the year started. <laughs> You might be heavier than you've ever been, but you're not hopeless. Can I tell you something? You might be higher than a kite, but you're not hopeless. You might be heartbroken. Listen to me, Knoxville, but you're not hopeless. You might be humiliated from what you went through and, and like Pastor said, the loss and the pain, but you're not hopeless. Even if you've been humiliated, you're not hopeless. You might be hospitalized, but you're not hopeless. Hey, Gail, you might be hospitalized, but you're not hopeless. No one is hopeless. I don't have time for the stories, but no one is hopeless. It doesn't matter if you've been humiliated, you're not hopeless. Hospitalized, you're not hopeless. 
You could be hooked on drugs. There's a bunch of you, but you're not hopeless. Every single one. You might be a heavy drinker, but you're not hopeless. I got stories I love to tell you. You might be hell bound and happy about it, but I would tell you you're not hopeless. Let me talk to you, Mr. Hellbound, and happy about it. Let me tell you about happy is the man that knows this guy that has the God of Jacob for his help. You might have hit bottom, but you're not hopeless. You say, well, what about biblical terms? Okay, let's go there if you want to go there. You might be a harlot, and you're not hopeless. You might be a heathen, but you're not hopeless. You might be a hypocrite, but you're not hopeless. You might be haughty, but you're not hopeless. No one is hopeless. Knoxville, no one's hopeless. Surrounding counties, no one is hopeless. And that's the message at the end of this year. How can we wish somebody a happy new year if we see them as hopeless? Hear me, Knoxville, you're not hopeless. You know what this city needs? Is to hear about the guy we met one day. The one who walks with you. <laughs> the one who talks to you. The one who tells you. Good morning. I do it, I do it every morning. I go, thank you, Father. I love you, Jesus. And good morning, Holy Spirit. I know Jesus. <laughs> and he introduced me to the Holy Spirit. And he told me all about God, his Father. And so it's like I know these guys. And so every morning, thank you, Father. Best way I can put it, I love you, Jesus. I love this guy. And good morning, Holy Spirit, because I know he probably wants to make me and lead me and restore me and guide me. You know, I changed my prayer over here this morning. Here's what I prayed. I prayed, she says, make room for hope and just give him your concerns and care. I said, here's what I prayed. Listen, guys, good prayer. I said, God, uh, I just turned this husband job over to you. <laughs> it's hard being a husband. It's easy being a dad. It's hard being a husband. I mean, I've been doing it 50 years. I ought to know how hard it is. So I said, I, I just relinquished this husband job. And I said, uh, and my wife's healing. Holy Spirit whisper said, uh, you can change your prayer. I got some good news. You can change your prayer. He said, it's not a job. It's not about her healing. He said, why don't you say this? God, I need this husband privilege and your wife's happiness. So I stood over there and said, God, what I turn over to you is uh, this privilege I have to be a husband. And my wife's happiness, not just her healing, my wife's happiness. So I just made room for all kind of hope. Because the enemy would tell me, even as a husband, it's hopeless. He would tell me about my wife, she's hopeless. But can I stand here flat footed this morning, this first servant, and tell you, no one is hopeless. The Mark 5 guy, they all labeled him hopeless, but let me tell you this about him. 
they found him happy and healed. And the Bible says they were all amazed. They're all amazed. Can I tell you something? Whoever he is, he's not hopeless. Whoever she is on your list, she's not hopeless. Whoever they are, they're not hopeless. That neighbor's not hopeless. That co-worker's not hopeless. That family member's not hopeless. That friend is not homeless. hopeless. That one who harmed you is not hopeless. The one who hurts you is not hopeless. Can I tell you, the one who hates you is not hopeless. If this Psalm 23 guy is still alive and sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for me, it doesn't matter if they hurt me or harmed me or hate me. I'll tell you what, they just need to meet this guy so everything can change about the way they feel about us or me. No one is hopeless. No one is hopeless. Mark 5 ends right there. And I mean, there's so much more, but I'm just going to kind of wrap it up. So give you an appetite. But you know, it says they were all amazed. And so that's a pretty good story, right? And so I've shared this since staff meeting. When this came, this sermon came to me during one of our staff meetings. And I've shared it. And you know what happened? A couple times I've shared it, the Holy Spirit says, why don't you tell the rest of the story? So I go back and read these 20 verses. Listen very carefully. I go back and read these 20 verses. And you know what happened? I said, God, it ended. They were all amazed. This is really a good story. This guy meets this guy. He's happy and he's healed. And Jesus said, you can't go with me. Go back. I read it over and over. He says, why don't you tell the rest of the story? I go, I don't know the rest of the story. Well, why do you think I want him to go back? Why did you think I wanted him to go back? You know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Because I have some birthday parties I want him to attend that he never got to be at. I've got an uncle I want him to go fishing with. That his uncle always, before he went sideways, took him fishing, and then that all ended because of the condition of his life. He said, I still want him. I want him to go back, not go with me. I want him to attend some of his nephews and nieces' birthday parties. I want him I want him to go over to his sister's house and have a meal. I tell you what, I want him to uh, build something with his brother and chop wood with his uncle. And he began downloading. He goes, the reason I sent him back is because of birthday parties and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters that he never got to fellowship and they never got to see him after he met this. I want him to see who this story is about. It's about this guy that's healed and whole and happy. You know what? I said, you got to be kidding me. That's what I told the Holy Spirit. You got to be kidding me. He said, no. He said, I want you to understand. I've got some girl I want him to meet and a wedding I want him to be at. And I want him to hold his own son or daughter one day. I go, you got, that's why you sent him back? Yeah. I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. I'm planning a wedding. And I want you to show up birthday parties that sin and shame and suffering kept you from. And he said, the reason I sent him back is I, can't you see him? I mean, the Holy Spirit said, can't you see him chopping wood with his uncle and stacking it for him, his older uncle? Can't you see him? Can I tell you something? You need to take Rosie out on a date. Have a meal with your mother-in-law. How about taking your father-in-law fishing? Talk about this guy right here. How about your sister-in-law shopping? If this guy is who he says he is, 
How about build something with your brother-in-law or your brother? And he began to show me all the life that he had planned after this guy met this guy and everything that he missed out on that he wants him to be a part of. And, and I saw him, I was going to, I said, like, like what? He's ants, banana pudding. And I, I got checked. I thought, well, maybe they don't have bananas. So maybe his ants fig pudding. <laughs> that he loved when he was a baby. She gave him bites of it, but he hasn't ate it for years. And he's getting ready to eat a fig pudding that his aunt makes the best one in the whole region. This is my story. I want you to tell, sir. This is my song. I'm the Mark V guy. At Cornerstone, you know what happened? This is pretty cool. At Cornerstone, these guys were living together. Oh, this lady and guy. And I mean, good people, but live together, Lenore City. And uh, she met Jesus. So she started coming to our church. Cool story. Her boyfriend hooked on porn. I'm talking about when you had to keep it like in the garage by the books and shed full. Had so much porn. And so after about four or five weeks of her attending our church, I could call him by name. He shows up and I meet him. I go, hey, I'm Pastor Rick. Who are you? I'm Roger. You know what he said? I love this. I go, Good to have you. Is this your first service? Yeah. Is, and he named her. He's, is she here? And I said, yes. And he goes, I come to find out who the guy is that she's been seeing. I thought, yay, I'm about to introduce you to him. That's what he said. He told me I came to find out who the guy is. Because of the change in her life, she just wouldn't stop sleeping with me. She just wouldn't stop living with me. She wouldn't have just started going to church, but she met a guy. You know what? I introduced him to the guy. It's like 25 years ago. He's one of the best Christians in the world. And you know what he had is a porn burn party. And he burned all those magazines and all those tapes and all that. And he's one of the glorious Christians. The condition he was in had nothing to do. He just wanted to meet the guy that she met and fell in love with and was crazy about. And he came to see who she was sitting with and found her sitting by herself and says, who is the guy? And he confronted her. And I said, I can tell you who he is. I know his name. You do? Come here. <laughs> my uncle. Let me tell you one more quick story. My uncle. Because it... You might have bad habits, but you're not hopeless. My uncle started smoking when he was eight years old. At 58 years old, after 50 years of smoking, he met this guy. You might have bad habits, but you're not hopeless. He met this guy. You know what I had the privilege of doing, Rhonda? I had the privilege of a cornerstone. He drove all the way down from Nebraska so his nephew could baptize him, and he's 84, and he hasn't smoked a day since he was 58 because he met this guy. You might have bad habits, but you're not hopeless. Can I tell you something? Let me close with this. We walk by faith and not by sight, but sometimes faith, you know what you have to do with faith? Faith without works is dead. So you're going to have to roll up your sleeves sometimes. 
Faith without works is dead. So this year, if you're really going to have a happy new year, you really don't need to make any resolutions. I don't even know if they're in the Bible. I'm not sure, but I know declarations are. Instead of a, just declare some stuff. You know what? You might have to roll up your sleeves because faith without work is dead. You know what you might have to do? Just take the shirt off your back. Walk by faith, sometimes you might have to take the shirt off your back. I was standing there. I had, I knew what I was going to do, Josh, but I didn't know who. But when I stand in church, you're the who. And I say it a lot. Because you know what? His T doesn't just represent Tennessee. I stand there, God downloaded it. It means uh, maybe it's time. Timing, trust, important. Maybe you need to talk through it. All of us guys do. Maybe you need to tell somebody. Or another guy, because we're all just guys. I stand there and because you know what's wrong with Knox Voice? I can't have a personal relationship with everybody in Knox. But I know a guy. I can't be with you all the time and I can't hear all your stuff and say, oh, I need to know, but Josh, I know a guy. I know a guy. Howard, I know a guy. I can't have a personal relationship with every one of you girls. I'd love to. Got a lot of girls in my life. I can't have a personal relationship with every guy in Knoxville, but I know a guy that you can have a personal relationship with. And as I stand in there, Josh, I'm going to give you this shirt. It's probably anointed now that I preach this sermon. And you don't even have to wear it. But if you hang it there, and I just begin to pray about timing and trust and talking and telling. And, and I just, in Tennessee and team, but then it hit me. Maybe it stands for TIFF. That's when I started praying for you up there. I just thought, well, maybe it's all about Tiffany. And Josh, you complimented me on the shirt. So hang it somewhere. And just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I wish I could give every guy a shirt. I'm just going to sew it into this next year. Because I believe it's going to be one of the best seasons yet. And I have something to tell you and your Jaden. As soon as you can, I told you we need to talk. It's all in timing. But about a month ago, God spoke to me and showed me something. I had no idea I was giving you this shirt when I walked in here. But I want you to have it just to remind you. Maybe the T stands for this is going to be your best year ever. And maybe this time, it's all going to stick. You know what I thought about was Colossians 3. And read it. It's my favorite chapter. It says you have to take off some stuff. So this tease more than just about Tennessee. I love you, sir. No one is hopeless. 
No one is hopeless. Help me share that because a bunch of you guys need to hear that. I know a guy, Rhonda. We give out, put books on every bus on Easter. We couldn't on all the school buses. And we just put them in a box and the bus drivers could say, you could take one if you want to. We couldn't hand anything out. And in East Knoxville, this years ago, 25 years ago, one kid grabbed a book and he went off the bus and he asked another kid, because who is this? Had a picture of Jesus, Easter story. The whole thing was Easter story. I love the bus driver told me, and there were so many stories, but the bus driver told me, the kid answered, it's the cross guy. This Psalm 23 is the cross guy. Because of the cross guy, Chris, no one is hopeless. And if someone is, Isaac, then we got to tear these two chapters out of the Bible. We got to get rid of Psalm 23 and Mark 5. These two chapters, we just need to tear out and live by the rest. Would you stand with me? Prayer team, if you'll come. As we dismiss this morning, if you like to come and agree with someone that nothing and no one is hopeless they're available here to agree with you can we just even in your seat can we just receive this word for ourselves I am not hopeless. Come on. I am not hopeless. There's nothing in my life that's hopeless. Because of a guy, nothing is hopeless. And everyone I come in contact with is not hopeless. Let hope overflow. Let us be drenched with hope today. Overflowing. In Jesus' name. Come receive prayer. Agree. If not, tonight, 8 o'clock, begins. Better is one day. 24 hours. I don't sure, I'm not sure if there's still slots. You can go look. But, you know, 24 hours is 48, 30-minute slots. There's over 300 people that come to church here. So there should be no spots available, but if there are, go get one. 30 minutes, we want to declare the Word of God out loud in this place for 24 hours straight. Amen. We'll see you tonight, 8 o'clock. Love you. 
Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church.